What's going on, my friends? Welcome back to this week's episode of the On the Hill podcast. We are back for another week. Uh, a little shorter gap between episodes this time as we recorded on Tuesday, released on Wednesday last week. Um, and we thought we, this one might be a shorter episode, so we, 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 planned a, we planned a different segment for this episode. But like sports seem to always do, um, a lot of news dropped. Plenty, plenty of stuff to talk about this week. But first, as always, boys, how are we doing? Doing well, you know. Uh, yeah, a whole lot going on. You know, playoffs, uh, big fight this past weekend we got to break down. But, uh, you know, feeling jazzed, feeling good. High this summer. You know, let's roll. Yeah, it's always good to be back here on the pod with you two guys. Um, I wouldn't call it that big of a fight, uh, but we'll get into that a little later. Uh, we're super pumped. A lot going on. Really kind of a surprise. Didn't expect this episode this week to be too heavy of an episode. Um, but, you know, we got a lot to get into, so let's get the show on the road. As always, let's start with the Hill Rundown. I mean, what seems like we would have nothing to talk about, um, especially from my, mine and Jackson, um, with Clemson Sports pretty much being done. We always throw it to comp for track updates, but it appears that we've had some recruiting, Jack, on the offensive side. Yeah, big weekend for uh, Clemson recruiting. Had a lot of guys visiting this weekend. Uh, big names, Arch Manning, uh, Mateo, Young young Concrete, my boy. Young Concrete. Uh, we threw out, threw out a couple offers. We got uh, Brandon Ennis, uh, the number one overall wide receiver in the 2023 class. It's a big offer. Hopefully, you know, we can land him. Uh, we had a bunch of other guys visit. We had Ar- Arch got offered as well. My boy, Arch. The campaign begins now. Arch Manning, we need you. If y'all saw the viral video going around, the the pass from Arch to Mateo, absolutely beautiful, bomb. And if you if you didn't miss it, in between after the pump fake, the ball flip, magnificent. Oh, apparently, dude, that apparently was Uncle Eli taught video. That that needs more attention. You can't just glaze over that like that. That needs more attention. So it's they're in the indoor facility, you know, just throwing around, you know, during their visit, and uh, Arch, you know, throws a bomb to Mateo uh, Uyangalele. Hopefully I got that right. Um, but if you go back and look at the video, he pump fakes and then throws. But in bet- after the pump fake and in between the throw, there's a little spin of the ball, ball flip. you hard to catch on an uh, initial glance, but, I mean, very impressive. And he, he's a big dude. I mean, he's 6'3", 200 pounds. He, he's, he looks solid. Uh, but we had a lot of other guys visit. Um, we had Jaleel Skinner, obviously, another big one. Antonio Williams, wide receiver in-state. Um, a couple, uh, we had a couple other five-star D, uh, D linemen. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about our football team recruits in-state? Maybe our basketball team should be able to do that. I mean, we're recruiting in-state. I haven't seen many, you know, commits, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Big, big offensive weekend. Obviously, we had a lot of defensive players offered uh, earlier last week. But, you know, you know they, they started early. That 2023 class already rolling. Love to see that. Love to see that. Yeah, no, that that Arch Manning ball flip mid throw or mid pump fake. Best part That's of that beautiful. video. Best part Absolutely of the beautiful. best part of the camp. Good to see. Glad we're offering some offensive players. As we talked about last week, definitely. Oh uh, yeah, wait. First weekend. First weekend of the high school camp as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big big stuff. Big stuff going on. Good to see we're offering some offensive players. Definitely in that reload phase. But uh, big fan of what we're doing. So, Colin, anything on your your end, buddy? Track landed down, uh, touchdown in Oregon. Eugene. Uh, yesterday, 
I guess out there it would have been early afternoon, um, maybe early morning even. Um, so just training, prepping, getting ready to hit it hard uh, going into the latter half of this week. Um, so, you know, hopefully some big performances there. We'll have more uh, obviously next week to discuss once that meet has concluded. But we're sending our, our support out to the Clemson track team, all the athletes there, especially Roger, a uh, friend and, and guest on the pod. So, you know, best of luck to all of them, and hopefully it comes out with a, with a huge weekend for us. I believe it was travel day, correct, or was that yesterday? That was yesterday. Yesterday? Yep, love, yep, love that. Solve all if, you, if you had listened to what I said. As oh, the, sorry. As I, I said, I they touched down that. yesterday. I'm sorry. I was, I was looking at the next topic because, you know, some of us have to, you know, keep the show rolling, Colin. We get, we get it. Not everybody cares about track and field. That's been made abundantly clear at this school. So. Hey, but it has not been made abundantly clear on this podcast. Hey, hey this, this podcast is big supporters of track and field. You know what, Colin? Next Don't week. worry. We're used to the hate. We're used to the hate. Keep going. Hey, next hey, topic. Oh, God. All right, here we go with this, because our first ever guest was a track and field man, like he should have been, because he's a beast. Maybe maybe the best athlete in the school. I mean, he's definitely got the best accent. You know, some people say we uh, help bring back the program, you know, get get some exposure. That is true. Yeah. Some people. It was definitely us, I'm just saying. We'll take a sliver of credit. <laughs> Colin, can't, Colin has no words. <laughs> he's like... <laughs> All right, yeah, nice topic. Here we go. He'll run down over. Hey, uh, this came out right after we did the last pod, you know, like every other piece of sports news of all time. Coach Mike Shusetsky, Coach K is retiring after this next year, boys. All right, hang on. Before we get into this, Jack, you have to try and say it now. Say what? Oh, boy. All right, here we go. Shusetsky. Nailed that's, it. Ex- that's exactly how I was going to say it. So I would say you're right. Uh, I mean, say or Kruzeskowitz or whatever. The, <laughs> read it. For the- <laughs> read, Colin, read it off. Can't say it. I was going to say Shashevsky. Yeah. Isn't it like Shashev? Okay. I can't do it. Shashevsky or something like that. Kruzewitzky, we'll call it. On next week's episode, we're going to find the most difficult names in sports to try and pronounce. And we'll do that for an hour. Jeez, we've had two this podcast. We all go Shashevsky. All right. Anyways, uh, thoughts on him retiring? That one came out of the blue uh, for me. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's with all of the pan players and all name image likeness coming out in the G League, that uh, high school program they're doing starting to develop. You know, maybe you're seeing we're we're looking kind of towards the end of this whole one and done cycle in in collegiate basketball, um, potentially, and so. You know, maybe Coach K is deciding he's just going to get out instead of trying to endure another change like he had to go through when the one-and-done cycle started. Um, you know, that that one kind of surprised me. But, you know, he put in his time, had one hell of a career, still got one more year left to coach. Uh, so we'll see what he can do next year. But, you know, best of wishes to him in retirement. Uh, and hopefully the powerhouse that is Duke basketball will gradually decline. Where Clemson can be. You think it had anything to do with uh, they had anything to do with Roy Williams? Surely, right? Very, yeah. When you're when you're in that type of situation where you've been around the game so long, and you know he played he's played Roy Williams in games just ridiculous amount of times. Um, that has to have some effect. Uh, 
you know, you might see Bayheim consider it. It, it. it kind of would follow a trend. But, you know, we'll see. It kind of feels like uh, – Leave it to Coach K. Go ahead, Coach. Okay. No, you go oh. – You go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, Just go ahead no. off. I'm going. You're going. But anyways, leave it to Coach K to make it all about himself and, you know, have a big farewell tour. I mean, what, what a selfless act right there. <laughs> Did you see the press conference? We're just playing every time we touch and, like, lights are flying. There's maybe, like, 12 reporters in there, and he's playing his fists. I mean, absolutely electric exit for Coach K. But, I mean, you know, they're going to make it everywhere he goes. It's going to be a big stop, big Coach K praise fest, you know, and that's just him. So, Hey, and if Duke has a horrible season – but it's on the bubble, like stay there, like a last four out team. Does the NCAA tournament put them in? Oh, automatically in, of course. Yeah, like they're, they're not there. have Coach K. Kind of, kind of feels like a Messi or Ronaldo situation, like where they've been playing against each other for so long in the same sport. I mean, obviously this is even longer than Ronaldo and Messi, but like they've grown up together pretty much in the same sport. So it feels like when one of them retire, one of them go to the MLS, and the other one's gonna kind of waver as well. I don't know. It's just kind of it. it yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I agree. I agree with that. You know, it's kind of one of those last man standing type things, I guess. I don't know. It, I mean, it's different because they're coaches and, and Ronaldo and Messi are players. Uh, it just feels like they've been at the top of the game for so long. So, who knows? But interesting to see Coach K is, is going to be done after this year. So, uh, only have to endure that one more year as a Clemson basketball fan. Maybe that'll help Brad keep his job. He figured out he had to – he has to start paying players legally now, so he didn't like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Um, God, there's so much we can hit on. Let's move to Julio Jones. I feel like that's the next biggest news of the week, especially in, the, in professional sports. Um, Julio Jones is now a Titan. I'm going to start by saying – Second and a fourth. A second-round yeah. pick, a fourth-round pick. Yeah, I'm going to start trade. saying I love this trade. Uh, not for the Falcons, but for the Titans. You know, the, Fal- the, the Falcons knew that this is like – I mean, they, they had to get rid of him. Um, and I think the Titans kind of took advantage of that, especially with only going with a second and a fourth. I think it's a great trade for the Titans. I think Tannehill is a little bit better than even I've given him credit for sometimes. He can throw the ball, and especially now that he has A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. I think he's got a stout wide receiver core, um, and I don't know how anybody's going to stop that offense, to be honest. So, I mean, A.J. Brown only sent, like, a million social media posts to get Julio to come to yeah. Tennessee. But, I mean, I think they, they, I think they automatically become the best wide receiver duo in the NFL, I'd okay. say. But, I mean, similar to, like, the Baker and the Browns, it's it's on Tannehill now. I mean, they got Derrick Henry, one of the best running backs in the league, good wide receivers, decent defense, not really great. But, I mean, we'll see what Tannehill can do. Yeah, I mean, you definitely definitely just looking at it, from an eyeball perspective, um, it appears that Tennessee has come out on top. But that is a huge salary hit that they're taking, um, that they're going to have to have to pay Julio. Uh, so, you know, Atlanta really didn't have a choice. They kind of had to dump him off. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to sign any of their draft picks. Uh, so, tough spot for Atlanta to be in. But, you know, I guess everybody's happy. Um We'll see. I, th- I think it should be interesting. Um, Tennessee's going to be potentially the team to beat. Um, just the style of football they play is more on the old school, old school train, uh, just gritty football. Um, and now with a big name like Julio, really is going to open up those guys that 
if Tannehill plays well, it's going to open up those guys who have been good wide receivers, but it's going to give them the opportunity to establish establish themselves as great wide receivers because Julio is going to be taking the, the uh, cornerback one reps most most snaps during the game. Well, when you're loading the box, when you're loading the box to stop Derrick Henry, I mean, either A.J. Brown or Julio is going to be open. So, I mean, and you have to load the box to stop Derrick Henry. That's the only way. So, it's, their offense is really interesting now. I, I like it a lot. It's not like they have other bad wide receivers either, but it just all depends on uh, if Julio can stay healthy because he is a top two, top three wide receiver in the NFL, if not number number one. Um, a lot of people. Well, think that. I'll, I'll I'll bounce this off of you. He's also not going to have to see as many reps as he would in Atlanta That's because they because they run the ball so much and they have options. That's very true. See, the one thing about Atlanta is you can argue that Atlanta has a better overall wide receiver core and tight end set than than the titans did before julio with like i'm talking with julio in atlanta they had uh ridley and hooper when hooper was there and and, and guys like that but they also had matt ryan who i would say is a little better passer of the ball in Tannehill. but they didn't have a run game to take any of the balance off i mean t- ryan was throwing 50 passes a game yeah. and so when you have derrick henry running the ball 35 times a game and Julio only has to run say 20 routes and he's getting five catches, six catches a game, it's a lot less workload than having to catch 12 for 300 yards and carry the team on your back and still lose. So I think it's a good move for Julio. All the best of luck to him. I think that team's going to be really fun to watch. They should run the AFC South. Um, the Colts might provide a little bit of a challenge. Hopefully Trevor can do something in Jacksonville and Travis, but uh, the Texans aren't going to do anything. So it's really a, it's really a two-team league. Fantasy-wise, who are we taking, A.J. Brown or Julio? Uh, I'm going to take A.J. Brown first because I know Tannehill and him have, number one, have the chemistry first. Number two, as Colin says, the cornerback is – the cornerback one is going to be on Julio. Number three, I don't trust Julio's health yet. That's my three reasons. I don't disagree that Julio is probably a better fantasy player overall, though. Who are you going with? Who we like? I'd have to agree. I think A.J. Brown's definitely going to find himself very open. Uh, now with Julio did, but I think they're both going to be good fantasy options as long as Julio can stay healthy. But I, mean, I, could, see, better... I could see where like it's kind of like an either or situation. Like they, yeah. they never have a good game at the same time. It's like uh, it's like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I yeah, mean, you just kind of got to figure out the balance. Too, but there's no, there's going to be a balance. I feel like there's more balance in this receiver though, or these receiver, uh, this duo here. So I mean, they'll each probably get you know four or five catches a game. I could see. Yeah. Um. I want to give uh, – let's give a quick shout-out. We don't have to spend long on this one. Let's give a quick shout-out to uh, – I can't – I'm not even going to try and pronounce her first name, but Sasso is a uh, 19-year-old. And forgive me, I'm, she's an Asian 19-year-old um, over here in the U.S. playing uh, in the U.S. Women's Open. As a 19-year-old wins the U.S. Open uh, Women's Open tournament. Wanted to give her a quick shout-out at Olympic Club. That was this past weekend. I – I'm sorry I can't pronounce her first name, um, but congratulations to her to win the U.S. Open at 19 years old, considered the toughest tournament in, in all of golf. I think that's very impressive. So congratulations to her. Um, boys, Nick Saban, three-year contract extension. I mean, that's good news for Clemson, right? I mean, are we surprised? No. Why not just give him uh, lifetime? Like, why doesn't he have lifetime? It seems yeah, like I don't know. Does he get more money out of just keep signing these extensions? I don't know. No, I, I, it, the the pay-wise, it hasn't really changed. And it, it 
in all of his contracts, it's my salary each year will go up every yeah. year. It's, it's, so it's like, well, why not just give him a lifetime contract and him be able to get out of it whenever he wants? Like, I, I, I think I he'd coach till he's dead, so maybe they don't want him to do that. So it could end up being another twenty years. But I mean, like, like have an option, have like a have an option every set every couple of years of hey, well, like, like I don't know, I don't know. He's like LeBron; he only wants to sign these two-year contracts because he doesn't know what he wants to. Do. Yeah, well, that that puts his contract uh, extension uh, until he's seventy-seven. That's crazy. But uh, I mean, greatest coach to ever do it. So good for him. Uh, I, I think the reason I say it's good news for Clemson is because it gives us dad a little longer. Uh, not that I don't, I don't know if he would ever go to Bama. He definitely won't go right after Saban. But it gives us dad a little longer. So um, not good for us when we have to play him. But it is what it is. So yeah, Colin, I don't know. I yeah, I don't understand why they just don't give him lifetime. He's gonna he's just gonna keep doing it. I mean, they're not gonna they just keep re-signing him. He'd have to have two eight-win seasons in a row to get fired, and that would be – I don't even know if they do it after that. So, um, it is what it is, but congratulations to Nick Saban, I guess. Boys, um, let's hit on some playoff talk before we hop into a few more topics and then our, and then our final segment. So, Jake, you want to start with the NBA? Or you want me to go to yeah, – Let's talk? roll through it. Um, I mean, the big news, obviously, uh, LeBron out. LeBron – Take yeah. out LeBron to the Lakers in pretty uh pretty good fashion, um, but uh we'll, we'll go over some of the games yesterday. Uh, Clippers knocked out the Mavs in a pretty exciting game seven. Uh, Hawks took the first dub against the Sixers, then honestly didn't see that coming, but Joel and beat her in feet in good. Philly. In Philly, mm-hmm. not not the best. Uh, Nuggets took out the Trailblazers, even though Dame put on a damn show. Game five, but he put. On, I think he had a good performance in game six too. But uh, I think it was wasn't it game five that he made all those game five. Games? He had like the 12 three pointers, fifty points. That was the yeah. double overtime game. Yeah, he made two threes to send him to overtime, and then double overtime, and they still lost. Absolutely electric. And then the Nets just look unbeatable. It looks unfair. I mean, Harden's out, and they're still Blake Griffin's jumping out the gym. KD can't miss. Neither can Joe Harris. I mean. It's the Nets versus whoever comes out of the West, and it's the Nets here if they lose. I mean, the Nets are currently winning by 31, boys, in the fourth quarter. And it's the Bucs. Like, the Bucs are a good team. They just swept the Heat, who were in the finals last year. I mean, they, and they're embarrassing the Bucs right now. I mean, if, if, if the Nets don't win this finals, I mean, that would be the craziest thing to happen in sports. Dude, they, they're, they're beating the Bucs without – James Harden by 31. I'm at, like, how, who's going to beat them? Blake Griffin had a dunk, a dunk earlier tonight that was just ridiculous. Wasn't too. It over, was it over Giannis? Is that right? Well, no, it was a, it was a missed three, and then he he's he's like almost in backcourt, and he runs up and just slams it down. But he's been playing really good um, for them as of late, but I, they're, they're just unstoppable. Jack, what do you think about this? Uh, you're a known LeBron fan, and, and I respect LeBron's game, but you know I am not a LeBron guy. Um, what do you What do you think about? Not, I mean, yeah, he got bounced. I think not AD obviously wasn't there, but he should be able to do that without AD. Um, anyways, my point is, what do you think about his effort that he gave? Because there are many clips on Twitter and and 
other social media sites of LeBron leaving his team, not running down the court, and uh, and and other stuff. I mean, I mean obviously, I'm not going to support you know, leaving the bench, going into the locker room before the game's even over. I believe that was game – is that game five, four or five? It was like five, six, and – yeah, but anyway, I don't support that, obviously. But we got to remember with LeBron, I mean, man is on his 18th season. It's kind of hard to do <laughs> in any sport. And you also got to factor in that he's played, I think I saw some tweet, it's like 284 playoff games. It's like the equivalent of three extra seasons, which is ridiculous. So, I mean, we got to remember, this man has some wear and tear on him, and he is getting old. But – I'm, I, I think it's almost like he's paid twenty millions, twenty million dollars a year to do this or something. Twenty million, try hundreds of millions. Hey, 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 hey! Other players do this too. I mean, not LeBron's not the first to, you know, kind of slack off in the playoffs. Uh, at Jimmy Butler, but just kidding. Well, you know who didn't slack off in the playoffs? Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, hiatus in between those those runs too, but. Well, that's because hey, he. Hey, hey, hey! I, I, I'm just saying, you know. I'm a LeBron fan, obviously, but I, I don't condone that kind of stuff. But I mean, well, the, the, especially the press conference after when he started just talking about Space Jam too. Like, yeah, dude. Well, that's come on. <laughs> like, that's just not the time. Like, that's just not the time. Also, uh, yeah, he the, the I'm Lakers. LeBron is not. I'm not as big a fan of Lakers LeBron as I was Cavs and Miami Heat LeBron. I will 100% agree with that one. I I did not mind Cavs LeBron because Cavs, Cavs LeBron, LeBron was my my favorite. That's when I that's when I was like, okay, I respect the guy. He really loves the game of basketball. He wants to win. He wants to be better than everybody else. And then this Lakers LeBron, it's like he's on a farewell tour, but he's not saying farewell. Like, come on, man. What, what are we doing here? Let's play. You're playing or you're not. It's strange. It's like he went on just a weird like weekend bender and was never the same. And yeah. decided to go out to LA and you know make movies. He, he pulled a, he pulled a Rodman and his, his sip wine and. But yeah, I mean, hey, but. Who do we think is going to come out of the West? I, I'm trying to pick a team. I think I'm. I think I'm all in on the Suns. Get Chris Paul a ring, maybe. I really want the Suns to come out. I think the Jazz are really good, but the Clippers are going to give them. I think the Clippers are going to give them a run. The Clippers didn't play well. That's going to be a fun series. Clippers didn't play well against Dallas, but I don't think they match up too well against Dallas. They don't have as many big men, especially with Harold gone, to match up with uh, Boban and and Porzingis and Doncic is obviously ginormous. So I think. I think it's Utah. I mean, obviously they have uh, Mitchell and no, they don't have Jokic. Who's their big guy down low? I'm brain farting here. Anyway, uh, anyways, I think they match up a little bit better with Utah. And I think they they'll give them a run for their money. But oh, I, Rudy Gobert is who you're trying. Thank you. I don't know why I can think of Gobert. Uh, they have obviously have Gobert down low, but I think that the Clippers can match up pretty well and give them a run. Um, but I want the Suns to come out. Yeah, I want Chris Paul to get a ring. I think Devin Booker and Aiton are a fun duo to watch. But I'm not going to – I want to go back to LeBron for one second. Did you see what he said about the whole USA thing with this – you were talking about Space Jam. Like, he says he's going to go play with Bugs Bunny. And, oh, yeah. Like, we're not going to play for the U.S. this summer. That, that, would be, that would bring me back to the fandom if he just said, screw it, you know what, I got time, let's go. You know, let's go play the Olympics, why not? But I, I think he's just going to rest and recover and – Try to rebuild for next year. I think they might pick up a nice piece in the offseason, too. They're going to need to because beyond LeBron and AD, they don't have much. But. I just – I mean, people are saying, well, he played like 
two or three seasons in like the past eight months, but you only get a chance to do this for your country every one, once every four years. And this is every five years now, and this is probably going to be his last one. So I don't know. It is what it is. I just, I, I find that pretty tragic that he doesn't want to go represent his country, but he seems to like China more anyway. So, um, all right. enough about the NBA NHL. All right, I'm back on the pod, boys. I'm back from the dead, boys. Um, yeah, Colin, why don't we start with you, dude? Montreal Canadiens just absolutely turning heads right now. Oh, Habs, eh? However, Habs, eh? we're in a close one right now. Game four, we're tied 2-2 at the end of the second period. Um, recording this on the, the lovely Monday night. Um, so hopefully we can we can finish them off in the third period uh, and just make it a quick four games and get a long rest before we head into the next leg of this Stanley Cup run. Um, you know, the Canadians have been playing really good defensive hockey lately. Um, Carey Price kind of having an Aaron Rodgers season where, What's where going on here? What, people what's started going on here? losing hope and Carey Price like, you know what, I got you. Just playing relax, lights out right now. Relax. It was like um, two weeks ago. It was no more than two weeks ago. We were, we were shit talking. Carrie. They Brock. were dead. And six feet under. And this man is back from the dead. Like he's Michael Jordan in his prime. What's going on here? It's what we like to see. Um, you know, I wouldn't be too upset if we drop a game tonight. Uh, you know, kind of, kind of a little wake up call. Because uh, we've been playing so sound defensively. In the past two games, uh, that Carey Price really hasn't had to be, or hasn't had to make just super crazy lights out saves. Um, so you know, maybe if we drop a game here, maybe we come back stronger in Game Five. Uh, alert, woken up, ready to go for the next leg of the playoffs. If we can secure it out in Game Five uh, and just kind of give us the drive through the rest of the rest of our playoff journey. Colin, I'm going to tell you why you want the Habs to lose tonight. Okay, I'm going to tell you a good reason why you want the Habs to lose. They're up 3-0 in the series, okay? Their next opponent will either be the Vegas Knights or the Colorado Avalanche, who are currently, Vegas. Tied, who are currently tied in their series 2-2. Both of those teams are very good and are very likely Stanley Cup, Stanley Cup contenders, right? The Habs are playing absolutely fantastic hockey. They need to continuously play that hockey until they are matched up with Vegas or with Colorado. I'm not saying a rest is a bad thing, but you want them to stay fresh and stay on their stay on their you know their routine is what I'm getting at every two days, maybe and maybe a third day kind of rest. You don't want them to sweep and then have to wait at least two more games. So that's six more days, at least seven more days, a full week to play another hockey game against the best two teams in that side of the bracket. I I understand where you're coming from, but I'm going to counter with we have we have a lot of players hurt. That's fair. Um, right now and a lot of the the past seven games or well i guess it's what 11 games now have just been super rough super chippy um and we're really missing one two guys out of the lineup just about it every night uh so you know i i agree with what you're saying i think it, it would be nice to be able to stay in a rhythm but at the same time i think we're, we're getting so beat up that we need time to let the let the players rest, get a little healthier. Um, you know, you, you can't expect anybody to get back to 100% or really even 90% at this point in the season. Um, so, you know, as much rest as possible is really would really be vital right now. You make a good point. Um, quickly, 
the Tampa Bay Lightning are beating the uh, Carolina Hurricanes three to one. Nothing to note in that series. Um, it was a crazy second period though. I do want to bring up in the in the fourth game there. Um, four goals each by each team. Uh, it started off one nil in the uh, one nil in the second period in favor of the Lightning. It then became four two later in the period uh, in favor of the Hurricanes. And at the end of the period, it was five four. Um, so a crazy second period. And after the game, it was I believe it finished six four. Um, so a good, good fourth game there, but the, the Lightning seem to have command over that series. Um, as we were talking about earlier, Jack, you're, I guess your Knights are giving the your Knights giving the Avs a, a little bit of a run for their money. Lost two in absolute ass whooping in game four. Yeah, lost two in Colorado. Started the series kind of seemed on the brink in game three, but then came back, tied it up window OT, and won it, and then just murdered them in game four. Going back to game five in Colorado. Tied up two two. Can they can pull? I, t- I told y'all this is good. This series is going to seven, so I, it's going to be a bloodbath. But hey, I like my Vegas Knights coming back. They're going to have to win one on the road, dude. I believe. All right. I, I hear you. Um, and then my favorite series of the playoffs so far. I can't. I can't get over it. Islanders Bruins. Um, when the when Absolute the worst chaos at Pirelli's. Okay. When the worst game was game five, which was tonight, and it was still chaos. Um, it was still 5-4. They almost came back. Yeah, it was 5-4, 2-2 for a long time. And then it was 5-2 in favor of the Islanders. And then the Boston Bruins came back and tied or made it 5-4 with five minutes left. Still chaos. Borrelius was going insane. Islanders are up 3-2 in the series, trying to close it out the Coliseum. Could you imagine if the Islanders rematch with the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and the semifinals this year? What a, what a rematch that would be. The Islanders. I gotta say one thing about the Islanders. I've seen a lot of Jets players at the Coliseum for the, the games, their home games. Zach Wilson, not a party guy. He, he he makes me cringe every time I look at him. Well, he went to BYU, man. I mean, yeah, he, he's not a he's not acclimated to the. But then there's that one guy on the Jets with like the mullet. I think it's Dan, Dan Feeney, their guard or something. Oh he's yeah, the, guard, the offensive lineman. I don't know exactly what position, but yeah. He, he's an absolute monster, but. Just a little, little bit. That's who Colin Aspire should be, mullet partier. Hey, we're working on it. Working on it. All right, boys. Um, good playoff talk there. Let's get into a, a couple more things. Uh, let's talk a little college baseball real quick. Um, first and foremost, the Tennessee Grand Slam walk-off. Probably the most disrespectful bat flip jog around the bases I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, let's start with, let's start with a few things here. Number one. Do I need to say it? Do, do I need to say it? It was number four, Wright State. Thank you, thank you. That that's. Do I do I need to say it? I feel like. I foremost, let's get it straight. That this is what every kid dreams about growing up. You got two outs, bottom nine. You're down three, bases loaded. You hit a walk off grand slam. But come on, man. We don't gotta throw the bat to kill one of your own teammates. We we don't gotta take forty minutes to jog around the bases. I'm not saying actually you've been there before. Show a little more class, especially because you're playing the four seed right state when you're down eight to five, and it's the. Hey, that's Tennessee though. That's their that's their biggest accomplishment in years. So I'm not even trying to sound like Tony Larusa right now, man. It was just like it wasn't necessary. It's the first game of the regional. It's not even like to advance. It's just Tennessee. It's just so easy to make fun of them, and that that they're that excited about. It's just like it's just textbook textbook Tennessee. You know. If anybody turns on a podcast and just puts it to right to this point, just like skips all the way through, I'd like to welcome them to the podcast where you can't have anything. Anything <laughs> and everything you do will be discredited on this podcast by in some manner, in some way, shape, or form. It will be, not be good enough 
welcome in. I mean, you don't want to join in on the Tennessee bashing? I'm, I'm surprised. Surprised we haven't mentioned a McDonald's. No, I'll save that for football season. I'll save all that for football season. Anyways, yeah, I love how Colin gets on here and talks a big game, but then we'll go text message it and he'll be cussing us out, saying how we're horrible and don't do anything right. Yeah, uh-huh. And how the Islanders suck. And then I get on here and he's there's like – There's no proof. Uh-huh. There's no proof. I can show screenshots on our Instagram. <laughs> it's all smoke screens. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, yeah, no, you are right, Colin, because it was unnecessary. It's like Clemson celebrating against SC State like we just won the national championship. That's what it felt like. I'm just saying. They were celebrating like they won the national championship against Wright State, the four seed, who they should have beat easily. Oh, hey, I saw it. It was immensely disrespectful. Shout at Wright State for making it close. I saw the video. It was immensely disrespectful, but. Oh, I love the disrespect, but, like, he almost hurt one of his own players, which is kind of tough. But he didn't, I guess is the point. Um, more importantly than that, the Virginia Cavaliers and Old Dominion, I don't even know who what Old Dominion's mascot is. Does anybody know? The Sabres, they got swords, knights, Old Dominion. I'll Google it. They're, it's a lion is one of their mascots, or it's, like, part of their mascot. What? There's a lion, like on their, on their, or not, maybe not, on like on their monarchs. Logo. They're the monarchs. I don't know where that you're was a lion. That, that, that was that was what I was thinking. That was my. So it's a lion, a crown, and I think sabers. Okay, I'm so, just seeing a crown, but like monarchy, monarchs. Okay, anyways, Old Dominion Virginia Cavaliers, uh, absolutely fantastic showing in the Columbia South Carolina Regional to knock out South Carolina. Um, we as Clemson baseball people have no room to talk, but it's always good to see South Carolina get eliminated first round, so we don't have to worry about that. Um, and, and the one sport they're somewhat successful in. Um, so that's good to know. Somewhat, somewhat. Well, more recent, more recently than not, they have been very successful in it. So glad to see they got bounced. Um, shout out Arkansas, Razorbacks. Had to go to a game seven in the regional against Nebraska tonight, but hit a – towering three-run shot and take a 6-2 lead um, late in the game in the bottom of the eighth inning and, and close it out from there. So shout out to Arkansas, who will be moving on and hosting the Super Regional. Um, any other college baseball talk that y'all want to any, – anything else happen there? I mean, just some three notable points I want to bring up, especially talking about Tennessee because it felt like that was everywhere. Jack Leiter, Vandy, throwing absolute gas. That's all I got to say. I watched one of his games. Yeah, he, he's, he's pretty good. Slightly good. Um, I don't know if you'll have any opinions on this, boys, but did y'all see the pine tar and the pitcher and, and Garrett Cole and the Grom and all that nonsense that's going on in the MLB? Yes. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Thank you, Colin. I appreciate that. Um, I know this doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but it kind of feels like, well, if the hitters are going to cheat, why don't the pitchers cheat? So I'm Look. glad to see it. Huh? The way to fix baseball is just uh, like allow all forms of cheating. Steroids are allowed. Juiced bats are allowed. Just allow all of it. That would be that would be something. No what you no one you don't have to worry about people sneaking around and doing stuff. At least you know about it. That was spoken like the most true non-baseball fan of all time. <laughs> <laughs> but I hear what you're saying. You're not wrong. Um, but yeah, it's kind of frustrating as as a avid baseball fan to see pitchers do this when it's already hard enough to hit a baseball. So hopefully the MLB will crack down and, and cut his crap out. Garrett Cole, 
um, when they found out he was using foreign substances like pine tar to spin the baseball faster and harder. Um, they stopped him from doing that. And the very next game, he gave up like four and runs on, and like seven hits. So, you know, that's kind of what happens when you don't cheat. So shout out Astros. Um, all right, enough baseball talk, boys. Let's get into the USA. Pulisic, American hero. What an absolute thriller of a game that was. Um, going down the first minute in the nation, the, excuse me, I probably should say what it is, CONCACAF Nations League final against Mexico, USA playing uh, their second competitive match in a very long time against arch rivals Mexico. Go down early in the, in the literally the second minute of the game. Um, tie it up in the 27th, I believe. Um, stays 1-1 till late in the game. Uh, about the 80th minute, Mexico takes the lead. And then shortly after that, Weston McKinney heads home a brilliant header um, from a corner corner kick to tie it back up 2-2. Two two. Um, then we go to extra time, and uh, the baby Jesus, Captain America, whatever you want to call him, Christian Pulisic, steps up to the penalty spot after drawing a foul in the box and slots it home up for 90. Um, and shout out to Ethan Horvath. Uh, come on as a sub of Big a time save. Come on, comes on as a sub of a goalie uh, after Zach Steffen, the starting goalie, gets hurt. Mexico wins a penalty in the dying moments of the game, and Ethan Horvath saves it. The U.S. win 3-2 to win a major trophy. Um, I'm not – I'm ecstatic that the U.S. won a trophy. I'm ecstatic that they beat Mexico. Um, the fans were absolutely disrespectful, chucking, uh, chucking full, full cups. Hey, a little a little friendly fire too. One of the Mexican players. That is true. Completely disrespectful. Uh, hitting players with projectiles full of soda, whatever water, beer, whatever you want it to be. Um, injuring Gio Reyna, young USA player, and also having some friendly fires. Jack said and and hurting one of their own, which was he was he got drilled like that guy. That was some karma though. I ain't gonna lie. But. Uh, Good overall win. I'm not happy because Burrow Halter just won himself a little more of our time. Not a big fan of Burrow Halter, but it is what it is. Good to see the USA win. Promising from the young team. So, I think Colin's itching to say something. Colin, you want to say something, dude? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was awesome. It's awesome to get that type of win. Um, but – the U.S. soccer is in such shambles right now. I mean, it, we can't even qualify for the Olympics, and that's one of the easiest things to qualify for. Um, How are we looking uh, for for the World Cup? How, how's our, what our World Cup World change? Cup qualifiers start in September, I believe, this fall. Hey, that could be good. So, yes. Qualify for the Olympics and then go right into the World Cup. So, get, make us not tired. Well, here's the thing, Colin. Here's the thing about the Olympics is we don't send any of our good players to the Olympics. It would all be our under 23s, which I understand the U.S. Well, I'm getting I'm getting ready to I'm getting ready to speak on that. Okay, go. Sorry, whoa. I just didn't, I just didn't get to finish because y'all interjected, oh, which is me. okay. Which is okay. I had a question. All right, go ahead. But um, so like, yeah, it's great that we can win. Um, and and lift some type of trophies. Um, you know, Burl Halter. He's done a bit like he's done a good job to get us where we are now. Um, you know, I've seen him more as a stepping stone. U.S. soccer has been just so behind for so long that, yes, it's good to get this type of success at the level we have now, but our guys are so young that we need to bring somebody in that's going to change 
U.S. soccer at the fundamental lower levels to where we can have guys of this caliber playing on the Olympic team because they're not as good as the guys on our, on our first team. Um, so, you know, it's good. It's where we're headed in the right direction. Um, but you know, it's kind of a tight wire because it's as hard as it is to get up one slip and we're going to be right back where we were, um, before we, before we started on this, this train to get here. Um, So, you know, we'll see. I think you're completely right about him being a stepping stone. I think the team showed that they care for him and they love him and they want to fight for him a lot last night, but I don't think he's the one that's going to get it done for us. But I'm very proud of the way they fought last night, and I think that you're completely right. He's a stepping stone. We need to – he'll get us to where we can take the leap, but he won't get us, he won't get us to take the leap. You see what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's like your, your rebuild coach. You yeah. Know, you, you enjoy him for a while, but you don't hold on to him for too long because too long is just starts to be detrimental to the program. <laughs> Not like Will Muschamp was supposed to be in Carolina. <clears throat> Robert, no. Oh, what? yeah. Will Muschamp. Good one. Good one. Yes. Um. Anyways. Uh, let's see. Oh, we got we, we got to talk about this one, boys, and then we can finally move into our last segment. Uh, can we talk about Brooks and Bryson, this is this is a saga at this point, Colin. You remember the Harden saga we started off the podcast with? Yeah, it's 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 rivaling that. This this is uh this is borderline like this might be better. Um, to put it in short, Brooks and Bryson uh, have been going at it as we talked about last week. This week, Brooks was not playing. Bryson was in the Memorial Golf Tournament. Um, Bryson would hit every. Every single good shot that Bryson would hit. Let's go, Brooks. Fans in the stands would do what Jack just said. And, and, and let's hear it one more time, Jack. Let's go, Brooksy. Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is, is a mad scientist. He gets mad about the little things. He's, he's kind of a whining diva. Some people would say that about Brooks as well. Um, but the fact that Bryson DeChambeau is having people removed from the golf tournament for saying that um, after every single swing is one of the more pathetic things I've ever seen in sports. I mean, I mean, Brooks is the alpha Bryson's the beta. I'm not surprised at all. Has he ever been to another sporting event? Like that is, that's what you are going to get offended by and have people kicked out for. It's one thing that they're saying it during his swing or when he's concentrating or something, but he's, they're saying it after his swing. I would take it as a compliment too, because that means he hit a good shot. Yeah, like, he's comparing him to such a great golfer in Brooks Kepka. So yeah. Agreed. I'm, agreed. I agree. Um, Brooks Kepka promptly responded um in, in true Brooks fashion, posting a video on Twitter saying, uh, if your time got cut short this weekend at the golf tournament um by you know someone who may have been offended or something along those lines, um, let me know. We're giving out Free, free cases of Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra teamed up with Brooks to give out free cases of beer. Two tournament goers who got kicked out for saying, let's go Brooksy after Bryson hit the ball, which is just an all-time classic move. Um, Colin, what do you think? Bryson DeChambeau, do you think he's being a little, think he's being a little ridiculous here? I know, it's, I know he's your guy, but come on now. Yeah, Colin, defend this. Spins on this for us. I don't defend betas. Oh, I don't defend small dogs. If you want to play some small dog energy like that, 
you 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 lost you've lost me because big dogs eat. It's your guy. You got to stand up and say something. If you don't don't just oh they got to go like shut them up. Play play better golf. You know, chirp them a little bit. Chirp back. This is your this is your guy. This is Aaron Rodgers' partner. You can't just turn away from him. No, he's he's being he's being a small dog. So you're telling me Aaron Rodgers is a beta for playing with a beta? No. So Aaron Rodgers is the alpha on the team for you. Every, he's just every, a, he's just a beta for not showing up to camp and you know every alpha needs their beta. Different. Totally different. Jack, do not start because we could go in on the Lions right now, and I was gonna let it slide, and I'm I still might, but we could go in on the Lions right now. Hey, hey we're talking about Bryson DeChambeau and Brooks. Can you stay on the same segment, please? Um. So, anyways, I think that Bryson is a weenie. An L7 weenie. That is that's He's acting like it. Pathetic. He also hit a great drive this weekend that had a hunt and he had 143 yards into a par five, which is just outrageous on a 560 yard hole. But anyways, uh, no one was saying let's go Brooksy at that point. So he didn't have anybody kicked out after that shot. Um, one more thing from that golf tournament, probably the most controversial thing that happened this weekend. Um, and I really wasn't going to talk about golf this week other than Brooks and Bryson, but when you have John Rahm leading the tournament by six. Oh, this was tough. This six was and tough. seven strokes. He then walks off the green after the third round, after playing all day right beside his caddy, after playing all day right beside Kyle Morikawa and Patrick Cantlay, who were six strokes behind him, the nearest golfers in the tournament at the time. John Rahm walked off the 18th green after playing a phenomenal third round, after playing fantastic all week. Tournament officials then come up to him and tell him, hey, you have a positive COVID test. Um, you have to withdraw from the tournament, essentially. As he's walking off 18 green, there's a couple things I want to say about this. Number one, first and foremost, what, what are you telling them there for? There is a much better time in place. I understand. Wait till you you're in the clubhouse, yeah. I understand you don't want – maybe not wait till you get inside, but let him get off the green. Let him get off the course out of the sight of so many fans, man. Number two, if you knew he had a positive COVID test, say on the 16th hole or 14th hole or whenever you found out, why are you letting him finish the round? And number three, why can't he play by himself the next day? Play by yourself, carry your own bag. If his caddy that doesn't put you at an advantage, it puts you at a disadvantage. If his caddy consents to it, or that, and and everybody else in the tournament was playing that said okay to it, which many of them did. Um, I don't understand the problem with it. I understand people saying, "Well, he should have just gotten vaccinated. Maybe he should have. Maybe this would have been avoided." Um, Good lesson. That's, that's not the point in this situation, but I do. I hear you, Jack. I hear you. That's I not mean, the point in this situation, though. No, no. Let me interject right quick. At that point, what does it matter? He's already played three days. He, everyone's been exposed. Now, I think, Colin, let me let me hop in for one more second. I think he found out he was, he had contact tracing on Friday, so he had to get a test Friday night or maybe Saturday morning. Then again, my point becomes – why are you letting him play Saturday if he had contact tracing? Why is he not quarantining during the round until the test comes back? I don't yeah, understand. There's so many problems here. Um, I don't know. I think it's just pathetic that they let him play and then told him as he came off the 
18th green. Like there's, there's so much better could have been done here as well as the fact that not only did the, the people who told him uh, rode back in the cart alongside of him to the clubhouse, uh, like touching him pretty much also put his arm around him to tell him. Contact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, get vaccinated. So I guess you don't end up like John Rahm and lose the golf tournament, I guess. Um, so yeah, enough golf boys. We're finally at the segment. Well, well, wait, wait, wait. Are we going to talk? Oh, oh, Colin, he's bringing it up for us. The fight? Are we talking about the fight? Oh, oh, I thought. No, 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 no. The big, the fight, the fight. Bro, we don't need to talk about that waste of time. I was going to bring that up at the end, but we can talk about it now. Let's talk about it now finish off for the segment. Okay. So Logan Paul fights uh, Floyd Mayweather this weekend. Uh, went the distance, um, contrary to you know everyone's predictions, but uh, you know it was uh, disappointing to say the least, and a bit of a you know highway robbery. I feel like they made a lot of money over freaking nothing. So I- I'll leave it to you two to have some opinions. I mean, Floyd literally told us it was highway robbery. He's a legal robber. He literally said, I, yeah, he's, I'm an expert in legal bank robbery, which is. I mean, I don't blame the guy. 50 mark. 50 mil. And Logan made like 14, at minimum 14. Logan, I hate, like, I hate to say this. Logan Paul and Jake Paul are the world's most brilliant marketers. And there's nothing you can say to me. that. And we, we are all sheep. We are all stupid. I want the $0 I paid to legally stream it. Back. <laughs> Kidding, I didn't illegally stream for anyone listening. That, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. Oh, I completely did it. I think if I think I was FBI, dumb, we got him. Let's go. I think I think I was dumb to illegally stream it. So yeah, I want my money back for illegally streaming. I want my time back. I want the time I watched that fight back. Really, got a hit. Logan just puts his whole body weight, bear hugs him. It was a hug fest. That's what it was. Well, it was a boxing match. It was did a hug you see fest. the video? Did you see the video that said Logan Paul got knocked out and like and Floyd allegedly is holding him up to keep the fight going? It kind of looked like he did, but it, it's it's time, entirely possible. At the same time, his his legs didn't go limp, so no, yeah, his whole just upper body, so maybe partial loss of consciousness. I don't know. Is that possible? Probably not. No, I I don't think he knocked him out, but the the hugging got a little excessive. It was a little weird. It was one round really at the bell logan just grabs him yeah it, clearly he just wants to go the distance that, that, mean, logan paul had every single advantage in that fight except for the fact it was floyd mayweather let's uh let's also admit uh, say that he landed a 13 percent of his punches logan paul <laughs> it's like 23 for like 230 or something that's so, honestly higher than i thought it was it was very low and floyd landed floyd only landed like about 50 percent of his punches. it was like 55 i think which is, I mean, not good for Floyd, but. Well, I mean, he is punching upwards, too. So, like, seven inches upwards. And anytime he got one punch in, he was bear hugging to the next five seconds. So, Most Colin, you're off the quiet over here. Let, let, let's let it all out. Just, you know. I have nothing to say about that. Just absolute waste of time. Nothing. It, it's, not wor- it's not worth it. It's not worth the use of my brain. Well, I would never watch that bum again. 
And by that bum, I'm referring to one of the greatest boxers of all time, Floyd Mayweather. I will never watch anything of his ever again. So you will watch Logan Paul again, is what he's saying. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, he, he had a, a half-decent fight for a while, and then he got tired and started, started uh, you know, kind of losing his composure, losing his, his all right, hang on. boxer no, stance. This, this, However, Jake Paul, never. I'll never watch any of his things. Logan I will Paul, say – I can stand because he doesn't talk as much. He's about I was his say, business. Logan Paul, better boxing performance than Conor McGregor. I'll say that. Oh. I'll take it. Yeah, he, Conor, or Floyd also wanted to beat Conor, and it was much more even in height and weight. But Conor just looked so awkward in the ring. Logan looked like he like, knew what he was doing, at I'm least. I'm telling you, Logan Paul has power and is actually a decent boxer. But Connor's always been an MMA guy. Connor McGregor's just, boxing. you know, he's flopping his fists around in there. Like, what yeah, the hell is he doing? But Connor didn't train for boxing all of his life. He always was an MMA guy. So it's harder to transfer over than it is to pick up. Oh, put, put, Floyd in the, put Floyd in the octagon. He's dead. So, exactly. So, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, Colin. Okay, I have a question for you then, buddy. Um, since you don't want to analyze whatever the fight was, what did you expect? exactly that i don't know why i watched it okay you know actually i do know why i watched it because there was just some small part of me that was like you know what maybe just maybe i'll actually get to see something cool yeah i mean it was very clear that floyd didn't care enough to try and win the fight so i knew what was gonna happen but it was just hope i was just hoping okay I Imagine if just like first punch Floyd knocked him out, like that would have been electric. That would or the other way around. So electric, dude! I would have, I would have, I would have paid money to see that. I would have paid all the money. I would have gone back and like actually done paid the pay per view somehow. You, like I'll give you some. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a tiny bit of analysis. You, you know, were, it wasn't a real fight because Logan Paul, as tall as he was. All he had to do was keep him at jab distance and just jab the whole fight and just run around the ring and keep him at jab distance. Well, what would he do? He would throw a hook and then hug him. Stupid. I think it was round three when he just went ape shit on Floyd. That was pretty funny. Yeah. When he, like, the last 10 seconds. He, he just, just, like, let it all out. And I was like, and then, and then pass out. No, the best part about that, he immediately went over to his corner and was like, over, hang, over, oh, hang, full over. bend over, just like drop the soap in prison. Like, what are you? Doing? <laughs> oh like, how is that not a meme yet? <laughs> like, just show, just show oh, an ass to up. Floyd. Hold, the other up. hold up! Are you <laughs> I'm just saying. From that, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Just saying. Uh, Let's let's leave that there. Next topic. Um. Oh gosh. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay. I had I had a Matt Connolly tweet from ESPN lined up to talk about Clemson football, but I think I want to save that for next week because I really want to get into the segment because it's already been a long episode, longer than it should have been. Um. The segment. I don't really know a great name for it because it kind of makes no sense when you say it, but we're going to call it the best five days in sports. Not history, but like every year recurring cycle. Like we're going to rank 
each of our best five days in sports. Now, it doesn't have to be a game specifically. Um, it doesn't have to be two teams or whatever. It can just be like a certain day in sports. So with that said, um, we're all going to go five through one. I think we should just all say our five, then four, then our threes, and our two. Like, go that order. Um, so if you want me to start, I will. Thank you. Um, anyway. Yeah, go ahead, Clark. Yeah, anybody, I, I didn't want to go Anybody first. else want to start? Does anybody else want to start? Okay, good. I'll start. That's your show. Um, no, it's really not, guys. It's really not. Um, anyways, Super Bowl Sunday is number five for me. And people might say, that's a little low for a top five day in sports. Um, but I think that Super Bowl Sunday is more equivalent to like a Thanksgiving day for me. It's kind of like a holiday, not a sports day. Just because it's more like a family atmosphere, friends atmosphere. I, I love watching the game. I love putting bets in on the game. It's obviously huge. But there's a very real possibility that the game sucks. And the game sucks, and it's just not a good sports day. It's just like, oh, I got together with friends and family, had a few drinks, played some cornhole, darts, whatever, right? So I think Super Bowl Sunday is definitely a top five, but it's not my, it's not my top, top contenders. So I'm going to go with Super Bowl Sunday number five. I'll tell you a hot take right now. Uh, it's not even on my list. Okay. But, hey, this is what we like. Embrace the bait, Colin. Like, but the day right. the Lions get there and win it, it's number one, baby. But. <laughs> Colin's like, it's my number one, bro. It's Colin, on Colin, I'll give it my Colin just made it number one because we, we had it so low, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but I'll go with my number five. My number five is that – well, the COVID schedule kind of changed it up. But that, like, Thursday, Friday of March Madness, that opening weekend, mm. those are two insane days. Mm. Two the whole weekend is just insane. But that Thursday, especially when you were in class and, like, you had that one teacher that would pull it up on the Promethean board. Yep. Yeah, right there. My number five, which I can guarantee you neither one of you have even remotely considered, is the NCAA track and field championships. Um, you know, to me, it's kind of biased, near and dear to my heart. Um, but – not only is it a culmination of, of all of the best athletes competing at the college level, it still includes a lot of the best athletes in the world because a lot of athletes come to America to go to university, to get the opportunity to compete at a high level while you're in that kind of odd age range between, you know, being good enough to go pro or, you know, not quite being there at all. Um, so to me, that that just track and field championships, NCAA championships, especially the new stadium they just built in Eugene, Oregon, um, it's just gonna make for an absolutely electric weekend, uh, and it, it should be it should be super fun. There's gonna be a lot of really good competition too. Colin, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I did not consider that one for my top five, but but That's my number one actually. Just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> I will admit that I appreciate you standing up for your sport, number one. Um, I do love, I love that pick, number two. And number three, an honorable mention for me is the 100 meters uh, dash and the Olympics. That is uh, a sick event. Um, I'm Obviously, it's probably not your favorite event, but I love that, like, that uh, certain segment of the Olympic time, I guess, whatever you want to call it. So, anyways, track was in my mind, but no, I was not. that was not my 
in my picks. Um, number four for me. That was probably the toughest time I've ever had saying a sentence right there. Holy crap. Number four, fantasy football draft day. Now, now I don't even have NFL draft day in my top five. I am over the top on fantasy football draft day. Um, and not that I don't love the NFL draft. The NFL draft was originally in my top five, but it fell out because I wanted to put fantasy football draft in there because I have more fun. It's about us. It's about our friends. It's about my team, y'all's team, not like the teams we root for. It's the teams that we get to draft and watch all season um, every Sunday. So that's my my number four. Um, I think fantasy is the best part about the NFL. So, Jack, you're a Lions fan. You should think that too, but I know you're too diehard, so. Well, well, you know, we'll see how my list goes out. But number four, this is probably a pretty high on Clark's list, uh, knowing how much he freaks out about the sport. But number four is Master Sunday for me. Master Sunday is one of the four days of the year I'm glued to the TV watching golf, that being the four majors. But the Master <laughs> Sunday is just... Wait, what about a Ryder Cup? You don't watch Ryder Cup? Oh, no, I do watch Ryder Cup. Okay, okay, five. So you got five days this year, five days? Five, five weekends, five weekends. Okay. But Master Sunday, I'm glued to it all day long. Normally at home watching it, so great, great tournament. So I think the best part about Master Sunday is that it's like the start of spring. It's not necessarily like it's a little after the start yeah. of spring, but like it's like okay, everything's turning green. We're starting to get warmer, and like it's Masters. So, anyways, I'm gonna keep it rolling with the the bizarre days. My coming in at number four for me is the opening ceremony of the Olympics. Um, oh wow! What oh? Yeah. That's a good what? call. That's a good pick. I just, wait, wait, winter or summer or both? This is what I it, either either one. It doesn't matter because the opening ceremony of the Olympics, it's just as an athlete, you've reached the pinnacle. You have achieved the highest possible honor you can achieve, in well, almost the highest, in in representing your country. The only thing higher than that is meddling. Um. But so the highest honor you could possibly achieve in your sport, uh, in my opinion, um, it's just awesome. People rejoice it around the world. It's not just something in America. Uh, so I'm going to bring that one in at my number four. That is, this is exactly what I expected from Colin when I assigned this task to the pod boys. Um, I expected absolute chaos coming from Colin's corner, but good chaos. So I love to see those first two picks. Um, I'm interested to see now it brings it brings thought to his next three picks. He could definitely say Super Bowl is number one, and we all be like, oh, okay. But like it could be something outrageous. So I can't wait. Uh, my number three. Um this one is it's a little iffy. I probably could have been a little more creative, but I'm gonna go with any game seven, but specifically a hockey game seven that goes to OT. Any yeah. game seven. You will see every player on the field put the game on the line. Um, but hockey, it's just different, especially when they go to OT because it's that next goal wins and they play till there's a next goal. There's never a shootout. There's never, uh, you know, free throws that could ruin it. It's, it's, you have to put the ball in the net to, to win the game, and that just is the final end-all, be-all. It like, it's not like, oh, you play out the rest of the period, it's, it's golden goal. So – I think a hockey game seven, um, or, or really any game seven, but a hockey game seven is my number three. Fantastic to watch. Good pick, good pick. 
All right, my number three is the the real NFL draft uh, draft night. You know, as a Lions fan, the night is also always full of hope. It's like probably the only night of the year that it actually <laughs> is full of hope for the Lions, and they end up still screwed it up anyways. But I, my, I'm addicted to the draft. I, I watch it Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I even stay up to see the undrafted free agent signings. Like I love the draft. So that whole weekend, very exciting for me. I think the reason I took the draft. Well, I love mock draft season as well. Mock draft season paired with draft night is great. I think the reason I took the draft off is because of how long it takes to get picks in in the first round. That's why I love Saturday. Saturday is just boom. boom exactly. Boom. That's, that's, I mean, not, okay. Watching the first round is fantastic, but like Thursday night when they're, they're they going draw it out. They draw it out for the ratings. Dude, it took seven minutes for the Jaguars to put in Trevor Lawrence. Like, what are we doing? But how electric was it when they picked Travis out of nowhere? Like, that, that was like, see, it, that's true. But that, the picks were moving along a little bit faster then. So, it got a little bit better late in the night, but those like those first five picks when you are like, come on, let's go make the pick. I want to know. So, but I agree with you. Good, great, great pick. Um, let's go to our chaos, man. What we got, Colin? All right. So coming in at number three for me, um, you know, if you know me, you know how how big the fall is for me. My number three is opening weekend uh, college football, especially coming up this year. It just is going to mean that much more for more to me. Uh, first year back tailgates full capacity grills are going to be fired up bowls are going to be going beers are going to get cracked i mean it's just you, you see your family um friends just people you don't see all the time uh so you know for for me that really comes in at that number three and really a, a solid number three for me good pick i guess it's me see this is uh this is tough, man. This is really tough. Um, obviously, we know what one of my picks are going to be. I just can't. After Sunday, I'd be genuinely surprised. I just can't decide if I want to put it one or two, because the other the other pick is the most fun I have watching sports all year, all year. Um, so I guess that means that. I'm going to put Master Sunday at number two. And I, I think – Next I think two my, are going to be taken by the time I say them. I think my my dad might, like, if he listens to this pod, he might come shoot me. Like, he might drive out to Arkansas and just shoot me because I just said that. I've had Master Sunday at two. But, Dad, don't worry. The Masters is still the best sporting event of the year. Um, but Master Sunday, I'm going to put it at two, partly because it's only one day. And it can also be kind of boring. My next pick guarantees chaos. So I'm going to go with Master Sunday at two. Um, if there's not a great tournament, it can kind of be just dragging on. But the Masters is the master, so it's deserving of number two for me. All right, Jack. Well, my number two is the same as Colin's number three, the first Saturday college football. That's I why was- I did not have it in my top five. Tailgating. College game day. For me. Yeah. College game, the first college game day, the first college game day in your own school too is electric. Um, but do you want me to say my number one so we can change it up? It's Colin already gave the spiel. Do you want me to go ahead and say number one? I mean, I can just go ahead and give my number just two. Go, you go ahead, number two. We'll come my back. number two has already been talked about. My number two is the first two, the first round of March Madness. Um, you know, I'm not, you know me, I'm not the biggest basketball fan out there, but the first round of March Madness. Says the guy that did make a bracket this past. Life comes at you fast, Jack Woods. Life comes <laughs> at you fast. Uh, 
I mean, hang on, Jack. No, you can go. You you go after me because I had a worry this was going to happen, but this is my number one Matt, uh, March Madness opening weekend. It, there's nothing better than it. There's chaos every single year. You there's every there's always a guarantee there's going to be an upset. There's never not chaos. First ever game this year when we got March Madness back. Immediate overtime, buzzer beater three by Virginia Tech to take it to overtime against Florida. I remember watching that at work. I mean, the fact that you can turn on basketball at noon um, to uh, during Thursday and Friday, uh, and you get to watch the 14 seed battle the three seed of the NCAA tournament like it's their life on the line, and it's always a close game or it's always a good game. You never know if they're going to come back, who's going to get hot at the right time, who's going to win. Um, March Madness is always going to be the best chaos in sports. How about that? So – I love I love March Madness. It's number one for me. Um, that's why I went ahead and said it, Jack, because we all had it. Good. My number one was not taken. I was worried. Number one is that first time that NFL Red Zone channel comes back to life. NFL Sunday. There's nothing better. Whether it's Scott Hansen or Andrew Siciliano, turn on that TV and just watch it every game from 1 o'clock till 11 o'clock. Skipping all the homework you're supposed to do Sunday. You're screwed for Monday, but you're still just you're loving football, watching your fantasy app. There's nothing better. And I miss it so much. Oh, God. It's so hard. And we get an extra Sunday. We get another Sunday, this 17 game schedule. Love it. That's just so like thinking about having Zone on. I, uh, it's so hard to rank these because I want to put tailgating in there and I want to put red zone in there, but I chose draft fantasy football draft. And I did not put tailgating in there, even though that's like the best thing to do as a fan. So, although Andrew Siciliano is the worst person at his job and he can't figure Scott out. Scott Hansen makes right up time. Scott Hansen is so good. And there's always one game that just never appears. and You don't even know if it happened or not, but yeah, I still love it with all its faults. I still love it. Sounds like someone's a salty Lions fan. It's not always the Lions. It's always like it's always like the Texans and Jags. Like that it game really is, is though. No, I swear irrelevant. The never shown. And then they or like a like a Dolphins Jets game. Like no one's watching that. The only thing they ever panned to the Texans game for was a Deshaun interception or a Deshaun touchdown. Or like that like mid afternoon like Chargers Broncos game. Like you don't even know if it exists. Like it just, <laughs> you know. there's always what three or four games in that four o'clock time slot on the East Coast that one of them will, just disappears. You will see two of them, but the other. One, like, it might never have been played, ever. It's just never shown. Unless you have a fantasy player on that game, it's the most irrelevant game in, in NFL history that week. So, um, all right, Colin, finish us off. Is number one already right, taken for you? No, it has not. Ooh. It's still on the board, um, which I'm pretty happy about. Uh, my number one, um, Following the trend of my number three is rivalry rivalry weekend college football. Nothing beats it. Late November, the leaves are the leaves have changed. They're just absolutely so much fun. You know, you got all the hate built up in these rivalries. A lot of times you have uh, state fairs, depending on where you're at, uh, going on at the same time. Uh, it's fair season. It's, it's just so much going on around that time of year, usually around that set, that same weekend. Uh, so, you know, for me, number one, hands down, no questions asked, is rivalry week and college for college football. Um, and I think that will always be my number one sports day. 
I mean, I really, we had a rivalry, uh, rivalry boys. Do we have one? Yeah, that's that was my point, Jack. I it'd be, said, it'd be I, nice if we had one. I was getting, I was getting to uh, say that that one doesn't pop up in Clemson's head a whole bunch or Clemson fans' head a whole bunch right now because we haven't had a rivalry in six. Or oh, seven Clemson years. Georgia, that's our rival Georgia. Yeah, yeah. I'd love if we stayed Georgia every year. I love <laughs> it. I want that rivalry back, dude. I'm glad we have it this year, and we got some. We got, I think it was like 25, 26, and 31, 32. So. Five times over the next, what is that, 10 years? Holy crap, dude, 2031 is closer than 2010 now. Yikes. Oh, no, that's crazy. Ugh, um, imagine being 31. I don't want to be 31. Another astounding fact for you to end out the show, boys, before we get before we wrap up the show and, and y'all can say what y'all want to say, after, but I want to tell y'all something. Colin, I'm bringing the crazy fact this week. I'm the one doing it. Yeah, you listen to me, all right? You listen to me with your frozen face on my Zoom screen right now. You look like you're on crack. <laughs> I see it now. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Dude, your eyes. <laughs> well, I got a picture of this. Sorry, our Wi-Fi just... He's back. Our... He's back. All right. All right. Our, our Wi-Fi died unexpectedly. Um gotta love northland it just dropped and then came back on so anyways sorry crazy fact if you haven't already said it Colin, you wait till you see the picture of you frozen dude you look like you were on crack all right well what's the crazy fact anyways i'm coming at you with the crazy fact this week so you listen up and don't freeze out on me this time okay i'm listening what if i told you what if i told you that michael jordan i'm just kidding uh what if i told you that americans i want you to take a guess uh, how many eggs, on average, an American eats per year? This per is year? and I work. I work at Tyson. Uh, Jimmy Dean is a sausage and and breakfast company, right? Bacon, ham, whatever you want to be in. Um, Hillshire Farms as well. So they're a breakfast company. They have a lot to do with eggs. Uh, we did a promo with eggs with sausage last week, so I had a little bit of egg knowledge come my way. All right, take a gander. At how many eggs on average an American eats per year? All right, let me let me try and rack my brain because you know I had the uncle that was a chicken farmer, uh, yes. so I got a little I got a little bit of knowledge in that department. Uh, let me guess, is it uh oh what was it? was it two fifty three? Jack, would you like to make a guess? I'm doing some math on myself. I'm about three eggs a day. I'd say a good seventy five percent of the year. So it's three sixty five times. You know, hold on. 75 it's about 273 days times three there's no way i have 820 and one a year so <laughs> I'll, I'll say 21 <laughs> there's no way you eat 800 eggs a year Dad. i mean that's my like that's my normal breakfast though it's like three eggs two pieces of sausage some toast maybe some hash browns all right well this just got ruined. I do that every day so this is i'm not even gonna say the number anymore because i just got ruined I <laughs> what's I the number Two hundred and seventy-nine, Colin. You're astoundingly close, Jack. I'm, you're the one it, bringing the average so damn high, dude. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm the outlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting our numbers up, boys. Come on, Jack's like, Jack's like, I eat a thousand eggs a year. I calculate these are rookie numbers. Get your numbers up. Jack's cholesterol is through the roof. Eating a thousand <laughs> eggs in a year. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll never try and say a fact ever again, but. Yeah, Americans on average eat 279 because you got people like Jack eating like 800 a year. Hey, man, get your protein. 
Dude, I might, I might eat 150. The only reason I thought it was 279 was because I thought they were counting eggs that were placed in like butter and like whatever else you eat. You know, like whole eggs. I guess it's yeah, it's whole. Like eggs. a freshly, like a freshly cracked egg. Yes, like they're not talking I about easily put away 273 in a year. That that's low. That's too low. I might, I might touch like six dozen, maybe. That's what I'm saying. You guys, what do you eat for breakfast? I mean, I eat eggs. But I don't eat them. Every I eat breakfast. Day. It's like a protein shake or something. Yeah, like I eat, I eat yogurt and a banana for breakfast every day. I don't cook eggs. Oh, eggs my go-to. Some Frank's hot sauce. But at the same time, I think they're also including like if you like bake a cake or bake brownies and you would oh, like just it. keep the number going up for me. Jeez. Well, you don't eat chocolate. That is true. I'm an anti-chocolate. Chocolate. <laughs> what are they selling? <laughs> oh boys let's wrap this thing up we're right, falling off the we, we gotta go um all right boys final words uh jack you first well apparently i need to eat less eggs so <laughs> good to know thanks clark but yeah hey um we'll see y'all next week a lot more stuff's going down playoff wise uh go vegas and the go suns i guess i'm a suns fan now been fun it's been interesting for sure this week um super excited to to be back you know on the next episode to to wrap up clemson's track season um hopefully it comes out well for us you know we i need my i need my canadians to pull through uh viva la habs uh but we'll, we'll see what happens as always thanks for listening it's been a pleasure and come back next week um Jack, for the record, I never said eat less eggs. I just was amazed at how many you ate. I mean, I got judged a little hard, but, you know, it's okay. As Colin – I'm confident in my egg consumption. As Colin prefaced earlier on this podcast, everything you do um, will be ridiculed, no matter how good or how bad it is. So – No matter how insignificant it is to anyone else's life. Exactly. So um, we're just sticking with the theme. And uh, before we sign off, really quickly, Colin, your, your Habs are going to uh, overtime with the Jets, 2-2. Two, two. Well, let's sign off so I can go get, get in front of the couch and watch that just, bad boy. Just thought I'd let you know. Um, but anyways, as always, thank you for listening, people. Um, we, we enjoyed it, had a good time. And uh, tune in next week. We got, we got some good stuff coming your way. Um, and until then, peace out. Love you guys.